This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> Miracles do happen. Sometimes, replacing tented lenses of mistrust and fear with the lens of love opens the way for the miracle to happen. Weiwei Chang is more joyful, content, and loving. She didn't have a strategy or method to move from hopelessness to hope, from fear to love, from dissatisfaction to contentment. She had faith. Valerie Atelis interviews Weiwei Chang, the author of The Lens of Love, a fresh perspective on increasing intimacy with God, enhancing relationships, and discovering contentment. Weiwei Chang is an author, coach, and speaker who helps individuals find fulfillment through an intimate relationship with God. She immigrated to the United States where she gained a PhD in economics. After a successful corporate career at a Fortune 500 company, Chang chose to follow a new and different path towards a deeper relationship with God. For the past decade, she has helped many people to experience freedom through inner healing. Meet Chong at WeiweiChong.com. Here is the interview with Weiwei Chong. In your own words, who is Weiwei Chang? Wei Wei Chen is a Chinese immigrant to the United States when I was about 19 years old as a student and came to this country. One week after I arrived in this country, I get to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So my life was changed forever since, since then. And uh, I was on this journey to get to know him as my father, as my friend. Um, all those years I learned to get to, to know him and through that I get to know myself and through that I get to know other people and seeing everybody like God as who he is, seeing myself as God sees me, see other people as God sees them. That's the reason I wrote the book called The Lens of Love. It means seeing everything through God's eyes, God's perspective. I love the title of your book <laughs> because I do connect the idea, the vision, the concept of God to unconditional love. Yeah, that's what I see. So what a beautiful, beautiful title for a book. Thank you so much, Weiwei, for creating this. So before you became a Christian, did you have spiritual beliefs and practices in China before that? 
I think when I was younger, I was exposed to kind of superstition. And also, my family has this tradition, like feminism, like they feel like, okay, somebody's getting sick. Let's burn the incense, plead and ask for the spirit not to come to disturb us and the burn of fake money as well. That's what the tradition my family had. But that brought a lot of fear in me towards all the spirits. And so that's one belief. Another belief is, you know, my family come from China. We were really atheist, not believing anything, but does believe some kind of spirits. Yeah, so it's very different, yeah, in a way. And then it does create fear. You're right. I remember when I was... I was very young, having a neighbor that used to do these things too, burning incense and do some, yeah. it's like rituals and ceremonies. And I remember having a lot of nightmares <laughs> um, because yeah. I didn't understand what they were doing. Now you have become very different the way I see life. And I love the way you talk about when you wear those lands of love, then it kind of, it seems like it's, it's the antidote of fear, isn't it, Wei Wei? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, Bible says the love covers a multitude of sins. And in the, a lot of times we have fear because we do not really understand God's love fully. Maybe conditionally, maybe with a tented lens, we see his love. So when we have, you know, not fully understood love, fully experienced love, we tend to have fear in our life. Let me ask you another open question about God. What, where, and who is God to you? Um, this concept God is really, in the beginning, I come to know God is, is coming from my desire to have a family. I grew up with, in my, with my family. My parents, they go through a cultural revolution. So much, so much of humanity was stripped away from them. I grew up with a family that parents fight and argue, but they do not have peace. They do not have a joy. And uh, so when I come to the United States, I stay with a, a family who are, who are students, but they have a lot of love, joy, and peace in their house. I said, well, that's what I want. And they said the difference between their home and other people because they have Jesus. So, wow, I want Jesus who can make you have a life like this. That's exactly why. About even a week later, I accept Jesus as my Lord Savior, and I start to experience, you know, love and peace over time. I start seeing God change people, change myself, change my family members, even my parents as well. And uh, you know, a lot of times we want to change other people to make a peace in life, but we really can't. Right. We only God can. That's something that we try to do, right? All of us try to change others. Ah, that's a, an interesting message that really doesn't work. To answer to your question, I really come to know God is a father who loves us unconditionally, like you just said, unconditional love. And he provides almost like a remedy or a solution for the things that we could not resolve in life, you know? There's generational, we call generational ungodly patterns passed on from a generation to another generation to another generation. That's like, there's no solution. We just perpetuate in this uh, cycles. But then God provided a way. He said, okay, just uh, believing in the name of Jesus, as he, accepting him as Lord, Savior, 
this all of those iniquities can be exchanged at a cross, which I have experienced that over my life. So as I recognize all those cycles, you know, those painful and sinful cycles in my life, I recognize I bring to the cross, I repented on behalf of my family life. I see my family life really become more peaceful and more joyful. So he really provides a solution for our life to be joyful and peaceful. When it comes to unconditional love, that is exactly what would happen. I call like the miracle, the impossible. But a question that I usually ask questions is about the purpose of being here in a human body. Is this something that we chose or God, as you believe in, chose? Is something that he, uh, that's another question I ask, could we call God a she as well or it? Oh, this is, <laughs> could, could God be a she? <laughs> um, yeah, so talk to me about the gender <laughs> when it comes to God and also the purpose of being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, a lot of people have that question. I think God has both feminine and male nature. You know, it was in the Bible that he has broad shoulder, he has great arms can save us, but he also has, you know, breasts can feed his children. That's symbolic of saying, so he has both like character of male, female. He can be father and mother to his children. And um, yeah, he wants, it's like, I believe he wants to save every of his children. He provide a way out for your, you know, life miseries. And um, it's, but also he give us free choice. It's up to me to decide, do I want, want that uh, remedy? Do I want that solution for my life or continue on my own ways with my own effort, struggle, striving to get what I wanted to get? So we have a choice too. Do you connect contentment to peace? Wait, wait. Oh, yes. You know, I remember, uh, I think before I become a Christian, I have a lot of fears. Um, anxieties about, you know, when I come home, would my parents be fighting? Do we have peace? I, as a little girl, I had a lot of anxiety towards that. And also, I was so afraid of failure. I need to be on top one or two in my class. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it. Almost like my identity was so wrapped with what I do, my achievement, that that was the case. And then over time, as I become a Christian, I start to understand the grace, the blessings. You know, I was really doing all the right thing as a Christian and, uh, you know, serving, giving, financially, time. I see that God blessed me too. You know, I had a career, was a successful career until something happened, of course. God really blessed me. I was doing well. He provided for me abundantly. But I think I still didn't fully understand his unconditional love because I have this concept of conditional love. Really, my couch very much about conditional love. If you do this, God will bless you. If you don't do this, God may not bless you. you know? So I carried that belief for a long time until really big thing happened in my work. Yeah. And I wonder if God, as you call it, loves us regardless if we believe in him or her or not. Is that something that you wonder sometimes? Yeah. So that what I said, the big thing happening in my work is uh, I was a vice president at a Fortune 500 company. 
And one day, you know, my boss flew in from New York and told me that you no longer report to me. Instead, you report to a pair and locally. That was devastating to me. My world almost come to an end. And some may say, what is the big deal? You know, it's just demotion from vice president to director. You just get on with your life. What happens is to me, I come from this culture where extremely performance-driven culture. You know, we are hard worker, we're Chinese. And uh, for anybody who have published demotion, it's considered as a shame, failure. It's like losing face, what we call losing face. And um, it's um, almost unspeakable, your public shame. So for me, that was really hard. Do I take this demotion, continue on with my life or not? It was pure eternal. I was really agonizing what's my next thing. But with that, Valerie, what happens is I start to ask questions I usually would not ask God. I said, God, I have served you. I loved you in my capacity. How can you still allow this bad thing happen to me? Do you not love me? And uh, you said in the Bible, you know, if you if you eat my bread, you will never be hungry. If you if you drink my blood, you will never be thirsty. Well, of course, it was symbolically. But then said, God, I'm still hungry. I'm thirsty. I've never satisfied. I'm pursuing you know, a corporate letter. I'm still not satisfied. What is missing? And then I decided, I said, you know, I wanted to know God truly loved me unconditionally. What if I quit, quit all doing? I quit doing church. I quit doing volunteer work. Would you still love me? I even tried that. And the result is, yes, I found out he still loved me. You said um, off record, you mentioned contentment that related to fulfillment. That's what I see, this being a human body, that's what it is to me. This is fulfillment. This is a miracle to be alive, to be here. So it's already unconditional love. That's interesting how we forget that, right? And we keep mm-hmm. searching for something better when it cannot get better than this, the truth is. <laughs> be here now. That's really good. I like your perspective because... We were born for this time, for this season, even though there's a lot of hardships. And we are, I'm thankful I got experienced so many things in life. Life itself is a gift. I agree with you completely. Yeah. 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 That's how, I mean, it always comes to me as the truth. If there is a truth, that would be one. So how do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Yes, that's a great question. You know, through life, even writing this book, and I start to change my understanding of definition of success. In the past, the definition of success includes having the, how to say, the status of being success, which means being the head, the CEO, or uh, vice president of a company, the, or then you have, I had a big house um, flying around the world in first class have an executive assistant next to me or have a corner office. That was my definition of success. I was going all the way pursuing that. So when I had a demotion that happened, that, that definition really didn't work. So I said, you know, I had all this, but I'm not satisfied. There's more to life than all of external material things. All this people's envy, people's um, 
seeing, oh, wow, you are so successful. It's like definition depends on other people's view of me. I think the true definition of success is um, really reside in the relationships, you know, relationship in a family setting, relationship path. Without the relationships, there's no definition of fulfillment or no definition of success. Mm. That's my understanding. It is a sign. Yeah, it is a way to know, for sure. I, I love relationships and I hear what you say. Another question I have for you is about inner healing. You call it inner healing. So going inward to find out what life is all about, to find that peace, that contentment. Is that something that takes time? It's a process or it could happen in one moment in time? Wait, wait. It can happen instantaneously, but it, it can also be a process. Actually, our entire journal, journey, Valerie, I feel like, you know, we start at certain points and uh, we go ups and downs. We go, we sometimes hit rock bottom like I did and going backwards to getting to know God in an authentic, uh, genuine way. And then to find uh, who I was. But all this time, I feel like I lost who I was. I was rocking myself, my identity with what I did, with what I do. You know, when you stop doing, you, you do not know who you are anymore. So we have to be human beings that are human mm. doing. I was mm. human doing times. <laughs> true. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. We all fall for that. I have too, with so many people that I talk to. Yeah, we become this human doings all the time. And um, do you think we can balance that and become human doings and that at the same time are beings? Can we do and be at the same time? I really think that's like simultaneous process. When, you, when we partner with God, allow God um, to have a scene in our life, you know, allow God to give us wisdom allow God to direct us on our daily life, you will have the doing come out of the being, which is much more purposeful, fruitful, and much more um, fulfilling. We're always going to do, of course, but most times we do to achieve something, a destination without God, without God, okay? But another way is, what about we partner with God? We start from what He provided to us and His perspective, and we do follow His guidance. Then we do, and it is the result will be very different. Think about one person versus two people, you and God together. There's really great results, much more fruitful, right? So you wrote the book, The Lens of Love, a fresh perspective on increasing intimacy with God, enhancing relationships, and discovering contentment. Talk to me for a moment about how you became a writer and what was the main intention of writing your book. It was a very interesting story. So more than 10 years ago, probably 13 years ago, I told my husband, I said, I wanted to write a book. And he said, what kind of book are you going to write? I said, I'm going to write all the misery of my childhood. And I grew up in a rural area, poor place in China. You know, I have a lot of misery. And I was really meditating on this misery all the time. I said, people can resonate when they read my book. He said, oh, he was all wise. He said, uh, if I were you, I would not do that now. 
maybe you can live from a few more years and you have the victory over the hurts and wrongs of past childhood, then you can write a book. And that time you're writing from a different perspective, your writing could help people. So he was very wise. He talked me out of this. I didn't do anything for the past 12, 13 years. However, within the uh, 13 years, there are people pray for me. They say things to me, like they hear from God. They tell me, uh, one of the pastors told me that you're going to write a book. It's like a manual. It's going to help a lot of people. So, okay. So, yeah, maybe one day we'll still write a book. I guess four years ago, when we were still in Hong Kong, and one of the pastors prayed for me. He said, you're going to write a book. And um, it's like a children's book. But not for children. It's for children of God. I was like, wow. I was thinking that all this time, writing books is still in God's heart for me. So I think it's the end of uh, 2018. And um, I was really looking to, you understand sometimes your season change, right? So, okay, like my assignment for this season is done. I need to move on to do something different. So that was a season. I said, God, what do you want me to do? And so I went to sleep. I asked God, I went to sleep. I got a dream. In my dream, um, I attended writing class. And in the writing class, teacher was teaching us how to write. And also in the dream, I saw a basket. In the basket was all the wavings. And in all the waving point, one point, like a black dot. I didn't know what it was, but then I woke up, I feel like God is telling me it's time to write. That was end of 2018. So January, I saw Facebook ads about writing program. I really like this program. They teach you to write um, based on the 42, 52 modules. And half the modules was for writing, another half the modules for marketing. For me, I never wrote before. So I'm going to take this class. So that's the journey. So about 20 months later, I published The Lands of Love. That's a great story. Inspiring in itself, how listen to their voice, right? Wait, wait. I mean, listening to people around us as you did listen to your husband and then listening to the inner voice, the inner guidance. I love yeah. that. And the guidance from the dream, you know, God gave us dream. He wants to guide us through dreams as well. So you're right, exactly right. From wise counsel, from dreams, from other people's counsel, I decided to write a book and it was the right time. And what was the main purpose? Like, what is the message? What is the message that you wish everyone to take from your book? I think the key message, the book is, um, you can look at this way. You know, people go to see an eye doctor, optometrist, they go to get an eye exam. So this book is almost like taking you on a journey to see a spiritual eye exam with Jesus, optometrist. So you first see, okay, we understand that eye issue is pretty significant problem. If you don't have eye to see, your life quality is pretty poor, more significant than other diseases that we have. So it's like I'm taking people on this journey. Let's go see the spiritual eye exam. And let's see what kind of spiritual uh, vision impairment you have. And then next stage is go through the diagnosis. What do you have nearsighted, farsighted? Do you have different problems with eyes that you're not able to see clearly? 
And uh, then next stage is, uh, you know, Jesus will prescribe a vision correction mechanism or steps or key elements you follow through. The next step is, okay, yeah, once you're done with the exam, they, they prescribe some changes for to see correctly, to be able to see 2020 vision spiritually, which means the seeing as God sees. That's a spiritual 2020 vision. Then you want to understand the benefits. What's the benefit of seeing through the lens of love, seeing through God's eyes? So this is about the you know, four steps regarding to the book. So what I really want people to get out of the book is really to understand seeing through lens of love, which is through God's perspective, is like a journey. It's a process. And so we won't get there see God until we see God face to face. And he is not leaving us alone on this journey. He's guiding us step by step each every day, every way through our life journeys to help us to remove those cloudy lenses, tainted lenses, and help us to see through his perspective. That's a journey, beautiful journey that he's partnering with us. It just shows how much he loves us. I think one thing I take away is for this book is for people to understand how much God loves us. That's a beautiful message. I absolutely love the way you convey that message, the way you communicate it, in a sense of seeing through the lens of love. That makes such a huge difference to be able to see life, see ourselves first, and then expand that to others and life itself. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you so much, Wei Wei, for... Yes doing the work and uh, sharing that message. I know your message is targeted to Christians, to people yeah. who believe, um, have the perspective you have. But this is a message that's actually for all of us. If we, we look at it and listen to you about this, the spiritual journey, and we all go through that. It's just here yeah. now. It, we don't have to actually have uh, religious kind of way of thinking to see that, that this is unconditional love. This is the most amazing thing from my perspective. And I don't subscribe to any religious belief systems, but it's just unconditional love is everywhere. <laughs> I can't help it but see it. <laughs> so it, that transcends, right, in a way, um, beliefs, beliefs in general. It's not a belief system anymore. It's just a way of living. It is the truth, isn't it? Unconditional love it's what we are. Yeah. So uh, I want to share with you a story. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was uh, in my one of the chapters, early chapters. I think it's the lens in viewing other people. That was a story in that. Um, so I think he's in page 41. And so my husband travels for business quite frequently. And that was before COVID-19. So he was traveling almost like once per month. He traveled to Asia. And so one day he came back from his trip. You know, he usually takes taxi or Uber. This time he came home with a, a gentleman from Middle East. And he motioned me to get into the house. And it was this uh, driver. He motioned me saying, let's go pray for him. I said, okay, you know, we do pray for people very frequently. I said, yeah, he, said he has severe back pain. Let's pray for him. So we have him sit down on a chair. We said, okay, I feel like um, we should pray for your leg, but let's check your leg. And so we lift his leg and measure, like one is longer than the other one. 
So we pray for the short one to grow in the same length as the longer one. So they grow the same length. So we pray and have him look at us. So he has his eyes open, look at it. So we pray for the short leg to grow and muscle, tissue, ligament, everything to grow in the same length as other leg. And so he saw it growing by like half inch. And uh, he sensed sense extending as well, or maybe longer than half inch. He was really surprised. Then said, well, why don't you stand up and do a stretch? He stood up and do a stretch. I said, okay, do you still have pain in your back? He said, no, absolutely no more pain. So all his pain was gone. He was just so surprised. And he said, can I bring my wife to be prayed by you tomorrow? So next day was Sunday. And I said, oh, yeah, of course, you can do Sunday afternoon. And so Sunday afternoon, he brought his wife. They're from one of the Middle Eastern countries. So she has hajib on her. We see her beautiful face, but everywhere was covered. And so I did not know that, but she explained to us they wanted to have a child where they haven't been able to conceive for years, like four years. And they want us to pray for her to be able to conceive. Now, I had a story, my own story as well. I was not able to conceive for more than a year and a half, even though my older daughter was praying for a brother sister for a year, every day, until, you know, supernaturally God healed me. So I was able to conceive, like supernatural. And then, um, so I said, well, whatever God gave it to me, I pray and I will give to you whatever he gave it to me. So we pray for her. We also pray for her what? Whatever God showed us, saying, do you have any? We feel that she has some resentment of forgiveness to the family members. So we pray with her to release all the bitterness, unforgiveness. We leave her in prayer. And so, you know, they just bless them. And then they went away. We, after, right after that, we moved to Hong Kong for, a, you know, one year later. When we arrived to Hong Kong one year later, my husband suddenly received a text from this gentleman. Of Uber driver. He said, well, do you remember me? I drove you before. And this is the picture of my son. You prayed for a son, a miracle son. Here is his picture. Thank you for your prayer. We were blown away, Valerie. It's like, wow. You can think about it. It's like, I'm a Christian. I believe God in this way. He is Muslim man. And he may not agree with me in our belief, but God listened to our prayer for him to have a miracle child. That's unconditional love. That's absolutely not conditional attached. I, I was away by God's unconditional love. I mean, that's a statement that's, it doesn't surprise me in a way because I have heard about the power of prayer and the power of connecting with the force that I call it unconditional love. You agree with that? It's really powerful. That's true power, isn't it? Wait, wait. Yeah. yeah there's no other power but that. Unconditional love, which was exhibited on the cross for my belief, Jesus died. He died. You know, God's only son died to save the humanity. That's unconditional love. Yeah, no, there's no greater price than that. I love the chapter, as I mentioned, off record, the uh, 12th uh, forgiveness, since you mentioned. Um, so talk to me for a moment about your understanding of forgiveness. Is that something that we are doing or 
it's also coming from this unconditional love force that you call God. Yeah, I think a lot of times we were told it's good to forgive. So you are released from those bitterness, the unhealthy emotions that almost make people sick. And in my book, I mentioned that somebody did a forgiveness project for the cancer patients. And once they did a forgiveness project, that lots of people was able to be healed from cancer. So larger percentage of cancer patients have unforgiveness issue. And uh, so um, but I believe that we know we should forgive us. I think based on our own efforts, our own strengths, we have a limited ability to forgive. I think forgiveness sometimes, from my experience, I have to make a choice to do it, make a choice to forgive. Even though I don't feel that it can be released from me, I still choose to do that. Once I choose to do that, God enable us to release all the unforgiveness, to hold us as hostage, as prison. Right. Yeah. So being open, open-hearted, that really helps. In your book, you say, for people who have a difficult time forgiving, the best remedy is to examine the lens they wear. Our reaction to a person, to words, or a circumstance reflect the lens we have. So true. And then you also write, true forgiveness is demonstrated in our ability to talk about the people who hurt us or a hurtful experience with peace. That is so true. It's the signs of forgiveness, right? Wait, wait. When we express that peacefulness. I want to share with you a story about forgiveness. Yeah. So um, that was when we were in Hong Kong. There was a young girl come to look for us for inner healing. Apparently, um, she was... Um, sexually abused by her father from very young age, like four, five, and two teenager. It's horrific. And what happens is, so she became a Christian, but I think that all this time, you know, forgiveness, we say forgiveness like is by layers. And I think she forgave a lot. You know, she knew that was the right thing to do. She forgave, but there was a deep, deep layers of unforgiveness towards herself. And she never even uncovered that. So, came to us for inner healing. And when she came, she hold a buff bag, you know, almost ready to vomit. Like, because whenever she talks, she will have this hiccup sound. It's really, to me, that's not from God. You know, that's something that's not from God, you know. Because you, a normal person don't talk with hiccups on accompanied with it, right? And are ready to vomit. That's not from God. So... We prayed with her. What we did was we decided to close all the doors that, you know, we called, we said enemy, which means the evil one, have access into her life. The four doors are the door of fear, door of hatred, door of sexual sin, and door of occult. Occult means the supernatural, in my belief, supernatural power other than the power of Jesus, other than the power of blood of Jesus. So we look through each one of the door and just lots of forgiveness, uh, either for herself or her family line, engage things that's really not godly. And um, as, as we pray to forgive, to repent, and exchange um, at a cross, I give you this ungodly um, things. God, what do you give me for exchange? 
could be peace, could be joy or something. As we down the four doors, close the four doors, and her hiccup stopped. And her action changed. And uh, But all this time, she had a strong self-hatred. And she could never forgive herself. Like, why didn't I report it? Why didn't I tell other people? I just tolerated it. She, she resented herself. So she's seen herself all those years as a little girl wrapped in a dirty rag. So after we prayed with her and she had encountered with Jesus in the Father's throne room, she's, after all this repentance, forgiveness, and the blood of Jesus cleansing, she was able to see herself for the first time in her spiritual eyes, for the first time as a beautiful bride dressed with wet wedding dress. She was set free from self-hatred. You know, self-hatred can do so much damage to her life. Oh, no. She was a different person after that. Thank you so much for sharing, Weiwei, your message and doing this beautiful work of elevating the vibration or bringing this reality to a more peaceful state by doing what you do. Thank you. Oh, thank you for the opportunity to share this, yeah. And before the final questions I have, you are a life fulfillment coach. What is it like to work with you? Do they, clients will meet you online, offline? How does it work with me? Yeah, so I think starting from November, I'm developing these courses complementary to the Lens of Love, the book. And uh, so there's two parts to this uh, coaching course. One is called Healing Relationships. You know, remember I said relationships is really core of everything. Uh, we have the relationship with God, broken relationship with self, broken relationship with other people. So the first course is to heal all those relationships. And the second part is talk about purpose. You know, once we working with God, uh, partner with God to heal relationship, we're able to dream with God and fulfill what he calls us to do, partner with him to do what he calls us to do. So these uh, two programs, do you have a date for them to be available on your website? Uh, the healing relationship will be uh, released uh, in November. So it will be three formats for people to get access to it. One is online self-study. I have courses people can just log in, um, pay the course and do that on their own pace. The second format is to have group coaching. You not only have this material yourself, but you want to get into the group setting to learn from each other, to share from each other, to identify your, you know, your journey with other people, which is very powerful. I love the group coaching. Yeah, life-changing. And the third part is not only life um, group coaching, but you can have additional sessions with me on one-on-one. Oh, wonderful. So thank you for offering that too. I'll have the link of your website on the podcast profile. Would you like to add anything else or read a passage in your book? Yeah, I'll be happy to read a passage in my book. I think this is one on the later chapters on page 164. Seeing through the lens of love is a process, not a destination. I have not fully restored the lens of love in every aspect of my life. The journey of shedding our tainted lenses continues until we see Jesus face to face. It said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, For now we see in a mirror dimly, 
But then face to face, now I know in part. But then I will not fully just I was have been fully known. Restoring our 2020 vision of the lens of love is a process. And it requires the works of the Holy Spirit in us. It is essentially by the sanctification of the Holy Spirit that we become wholly identified with Jesus Christ and grow into the full measure of Christ. God is passionate about us being able to see through the lens of love. Mm, beautiful, written. And what a, a beautiful reminder that having this perfect vision, it's not a destination, it's a journey. That's a beautiful reminder for all of us, right? And my ending questions to you, let me ask you this one. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself and life as of today? A hard thing to do is um, surrendering to God's ways because I have been so, I wouldn't say programmed, just I've been so used to do things my own ways because my own ways has been successful in the past. I would rely on my own ways to do a lot of stuff. And then when it doesn't work, I go about God, which is not the best way for me. I believe, and I also experience when I surrender myself sooner, early to partner with God, and His process is much more powerful, much more effective, and achieve great purpose. Um, that's what I, I think that's one of the hard le- hardest lessons I um, learning throughout my life. What is another word for life? Another word for life is, to me, if you look at the picture, like flowing waters. So, like God being the source of that living water flowing out of Him, and the water flowing into people's life, and water their life, provide benefits quench the thirst and provide life to other people, that picture means life, living water, receiving from God, receiving it from the source, but giving out to others. To me, that's life being fulfilled. Wow. Yeah, that's a beautiful picture, a beautiful vision. It's seeing the big picture. Yeah, beautifully visualized. I was seeing the water in front of me, the flowing water, the river. It's beautiful. Oh. It's not only flowing, but also making the music along the way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just like your life, Valerie, you know, you put yourself out there and provide a platform for many people to have a voice. And it's making music. It's making music in life, make life beautiful. And my last question to you is, what are three things about life you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, they die? Three things everyone experiences in life. Yeah. I'm very blessed. The one thing I always wanted is to have a life partner is my husband. I'm very blessed to marry to a godly man. That my life is so much more colorful and uh, purposeful and fulfilled because of him. I think that's one thing. The second thing is to be a mother, give birth to children. That is an awesome experience mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah, I can imagine. You see, yeah. Yeah, my generation legacy being passed around. You know, she has so much likeness from me, my husband. I can see that I can teach her, I can influence her. She, there's a lot of goodness can continue on for the next generation. That is really beautiful thing, Valerie. I think the last, last thing is I really feel like 
God has given us purpose. He also given us authority. I feel like through my inner healing for other people, God has given me the authority to help people, to set them free from the bondages, to heal them, you know, get them healed from past hurts wounds so they can stand up to fulfill what God called them to do. Mm. I think everybody should expect that, to understand the authority you have. Thank you so much, Weiwei, for your presence in this reality, for the work you do, for sharing your wisdom, for your love and compassion. It's very kind. I I see kindness behind it all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Valerie. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Yeah, everybody can go to my website. It's www three W and Wei Wei Chan, W E I W E I C H A N G dot com. Wonderful. And I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Thank- Wei Wei. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Wei Wei Chang and her work, please visit weiweichang.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>